Welcome to CS Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 183 of the Sam Pasco Show. I'm J. Michael DeAngelis. I'm Natty Leach. And I guess that makes me Sam Pasco. Uh, it's our last episode of the season, so we're having a little bit of fun. It's CS Radio, of course. And uh, yeah, Sam, we're coming up. It's the last week of classes as folks are listening to this. How are you feeling? A little nervous. Got a lot of assignments. Yeah. I got to get those done. What's your What's your final situation looking like? Well, the biggest thing is my independent study. I'm finishing that up. and presenting it when people are listening this Friday at the thesis symposium. So I'm supposed to present a PowerPoint there, even though I'm not a part of the thesis. It's an independent study. So long story short, I have to prepare for that next week. Wow. The week after that, <clears throat> I have a take-home exam, an essay, uh, in-class test, and then another paper. So... None of that's really been started yet, so we'll see how it goes. And, of course, your obligatory reflection on a year of CS Radio. Of course. Of course, a course eval here yeah. for mm-hmm. excellent standard and all the hallways. That's right. Your final. What's, what's your study again? What are you independently studying? <laughs> I am doing my independent study on localized transactional search engines. In, the sh- in, in layman's term, that's looking at the Google bias in terms of buying products online. When you search for... Anything. The sample thing I had was track spikes. I wanted to buy some track spikes because I joined Club's track, and they said you need some spikes. I was at home in San Francisco, looked for them. All the big stuff came up, Nike, Under Armour, but nothing in the city. And I wanted to buy them and try them on because they're shoes. I need to make sure they fit. And none of the local stores came up. I knew where they were because I lived in the city for 20-plus years, and none of them were coming up. Went to Sports Basement. That was one of the local ones. Didn't have them. Went to another sports basement. They did have them, and they didn't really come up on Google. I had to manually go go to find those. So that kind of gave me the idea to go find online and research more. What is this bias? Because their goal to show you quote relevant content is relevant. What who's defining relevancy? It's them defining relevancy and Google based on how ha- much money. They yes, get. it has incentives to show the <laughs> advertisers stuff. Nordstroms because we're also one of the the, the many case studies was a high end women's retailer Ula Johnson. And, you know, it just shows Nordstrom's, Macy's, all the big stuff, but not the local boutiques that actually have the stuff. I use them because they actually have a product locator. You can actually see what stores have their products. So I'm combining that within a meta search engine. So so you're so you're comparing the the product page that says, hey, this is available at Sam's discount spikes. And then you're seeing where that comes up on the Google search. It's like buried down at the bottom. Yeah, because Asics is one of the, like, for example, for the shoe brand. They say, we've sold our shoes to all these these stores. Sure. Google only shows you some of them. DuckDuckGo shows a different portion. So it's just kind of looking at that and looking at that bias and then coming up with an alternative. So right now, a little preview, the working title is Nearby, like B-U-Y. So you can see what's <laughs> uh-huh. nearby. And the, the mascot right now is Oliver Town, the penguin. Get it? His name's Oliver no, yeah, I get that. Town. Why is he a penguin? That's what I was Well, saying. because he's a bird, but he's a flightless bird. So he can't be going anywhere he wants. He has so to, he's localized. He has to waddle. <laughs> he himself is localized. Oliver has to waddle. He's a flightless all bird. All over town. All over town. All right, I see. So that's, I got to pre- present all this into a PowerPoint and then also code a lot of it too. So a lot of the, the front end HTML needs to be finished uh, pretty soon this weekend. So I got to figure out all that once I'm done uh, editing the podcast. Wow. I, I had a moment of madness this week with Google. where He did. It's true. It went, it went down. Did you notice this? 
It, it did it? Only, I, I would say, it was very only Natty. It went down <laughs> just no, under no, no. I saw the notification in, in, in Teams that it was not, Microsoft went down yes, for you guys. Microsoft Hold was on. having problems. It was not just me because here's what happened. So th- Emily was talking, my, my partner Emily was talking about how wonderful it would be to live in a stone house. And I said, you live in a stone house. And she says, no, I don't. I live in a brick house. I said, brick's kind of a stone. <laughs> So, of course, the only way I can really prove it's a stone or not is I needed to find the the Wikipedia article on brick. And so I typed in brick Wikipedia. And all I got were these, like, weird suggestions of different questions I should be asking. Like, mm-hmm. It wasn't the normal list of things. And I couldn't find the brick Wikipedia page without just going to Wikipedia and typing in brick. And and I, and then I went to my Discord of my, uh, my international cohort of, of gaming friends and said, what's up with Google? Is this a design change? What's going on? And they all said, oh, yeah, you're right. It's down for us, too. And they're all across the – someone in Nebraska was saying it wasn't working. Someone in a, mm-hmm. in a D.C. was saying it wasn't working. So it wasn't just it wasn't just me. And then I went outside for a walk to walk my dog, and I saw it was really dark outside. And I looked up. I was like, where's the moon? I was like, I can't Google where the moon is. Google's not working. Is it not working because they don't want us to know where the moon's gone? And then, of course, it's just a, it was a new moon. You were moon. in the twilight zone is what it was. <laughs> it was a new moon, so it was just dark because it wasn't all lit up, you know. Uh, that was my insanity for, <laughs> for the weekend or for the week. Uh, now, I know this. that was earlier in the week, but I was thinking of you last night. There was a lunar eclipse last night. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, is there, is there some sort of eclipse? Why can't I see it? I couldn't figure any of this out because there was no Google, but it got me thinking. If Google were just to disappear... Natty wouldn't know where the moon Natty was. Natty wouldn't know I would, anything. I, could, I wouldn't be able to find He'd the moon. He'd have to go to the library where Michael may be having one of his many seminars. We can't go to the library. Oh, the library's <laughs> The library is also yep. closed because it's flooded. It's, oh, this is it. And there's a college house that's on fire right now. I think. <laughs> is there? I yes, saw, I the saw quad him. is on fire. Lower quad. It's uh, friends text nah, me. Nah. It's yeah, freshman. So. That's, that's, no, no, it's, that's always on fire. It's the end of the world as we know. No, yeah. the quad's always on but fire. But it did get me thinking towards exactly what you're talking about, the bias of, of Google anyway. When there's one thing of this is where everybody searched for things, there's always going to be Well, that's why I focused on the product aspect because there, there's there's a lot of theory in terms of search engines where there's different categories like navigational. When you type in YouTube, you're not looking at YouTube news. You want to go to YouTube.com. Yeah. That's navigational. There's an informational, what you did, brick Wikipedia, to learn about bricks. And when you type in like track spike size 11 and a half, or I'm a 12 and a half, uh, in Bay Area, you want to go buy shoes. So those are different types of uh, search parameters within search engine theory. Yeah. I'm focusing in on the transactional and the localized nature because it's finite, because there are physical stores you can go to figure out things. If there's just small unindexed sites that talk about brick versus stone, that's going to be hard to find. There's then a lot of pages. But for the actual like physical aspect of it it's finite you can go to google maps you can go to these places my scooter actually broke and i had to find a hardware store and like it's got to be somewhere in the vicinity uh, yeah so there's there's a couple yes i oh. did find one but i will say br- brick is considered a construction material um it's not a stone hold on i will say and and i was basically just fishing for something to prove my argument that it's like a stone and it said brick is uh meant to be an artificial stone there you go okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that that's it stone is natural and brick is man-made right yeah See, you learn something every episode here on the Sandpass. Not Show. career service related. I wasn't really Brick arguing in good related. faith to begin with. I was just trying to say my own point. Uh, well, we have more than just Sam with us today in the audience. Natty, we've got a guest. We do. We have um, a special guest, one of our PCAs, Mateo. Mateo, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for for bringing me here. It's a, it's a great honor. 
So, yeah, Mateo has been a PCA for this whole academic year. This was your first year being a PCA, right? Yeah, it was, and it was a it was a great year. I I think I I really love this uh, program. A lot of the people I've met, other PCAs, they are really amazing people. So it's been it's been great. Yeah, we were we were chatting with Kofi, and he was like, "I've always wanted to be on a podcast all my life." And I was like, "What are you doing at three thirty? He's like, "I got a meeting." Yeah. Well, we'll get Kofi's graduating though, right? Yeah. So we'll have him back on as a special alum guest. He'll he'll show us the other side. Yeah. Uh, but Matei, tell us about yourself. What school are you in? What's your year? What are you studying? Right. Okay. Um, so I am a junior right now from Los Angeles, California. Um, I study English and philosophy. Uh, I like to, to write and read a lot. Um, I've changed my major like dozens of times. I used <laughs> to do uh, like neuroscience and computer science, um, a little bit of econ, but um, I think I, I like to, to just read a lot. So this is the the culmination of multiple years at Penn. All right. <laughs> and what's the end of the semester look like for you? We, we heard Sam's rundown. What do you got going on? Oh, so today was uh, something else because it was actually my college house that was uh, on, on flames. Okay, that's why you knew that very well. Like, actually, I started that fire and ran straight to career services. <laughs> so uh, that was uh, certainly derailed a lot of stuff, but uh, it's been it's been busy. Are you um, on call? You're an RA. Do you guys do that for RAs? Or yeah, on- yeah, yeah. I was not on call. Thank thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. Um, so so yeah, that was a crazy hectic part of the week uh, still going on. But oh, no one was injured, which is great. No- nothing terrible happened. Um, so good good for that. Um, Someone left popcorn in their microwave or something. It was somebody. Somebody left their fan on, and it was okay. a fan that started the whole thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, but other than that, so I have a a, a couple papers going on, uh, and then I have a, a, a final problem set due. Uh, this is all due uh, in the next couple weeks. So, getting on that that grind, completing all the stuff. It's it's the time to to really buckle down. <laughs> Yeah, and what are your what are your plans for this summer? I know we were talking about it a little bit. It sounded pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, so I'm going to be doing the uh, group program through Pen Abroad. I'm going to be going to Portugal uh, in Porto. I'm going to be a tour guide at a vineyard. So I'm really really excited. Pretty cool. Not bad at all. Wait a second. How old are you? I am 21. Nice. Okay, so you're an expert in wine already. <laughs> um, I assume they'll give you like a whole rundown and training and such over there too, right? Yeah, yeah. I have to learn about the whole like historical uh, reasons why uh, Porto became like a, a wine place and all the the ways they make it and what is special about it. Because I'm gonna have to be like selling it and stuff. So, what stood out about that grip program specifically? Was it the the area? Was it the type of work? What what really like kind of came to the forefront for you? Yeah. Um, so I speak Portuguese because uh, my mom was from Brazil, um, and I wanted to really practice that. Um, so, port. Uh, oh, the only Portuguese I know would be so useful for you. Uvash means grapes. Am I right? Um, uvash. I so. I think in Brazilian Portuguese it's uva. Uva, okay. Uva. So maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, Natty, Portugal, that is a Portuguese. bizarre thing for you to know. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, wait, it's 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 exactly yeah. relevant right now. You'll probably be saying that a lot <laughs> this summer. Yeah. You'll be hearing that a lot this summer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for it. I think it's gonna be gonna be a fun uh, experience. I'm gonna learn about. Um, like talking to customers and being a, 
a salesperson. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Yeah. And I mean, you have a really cool opportunity too, because you already have basically something lined up, right? For, for after graduation. Yeah. Yeah. I did a consulting internship last summer and, uh, it, lo- uh, it looks like I'm going to be going back there uh, after I graduate. Um, so I'm excited for that too. They locked you down pretty quick. They, they do that. They, they tend to do that. I remember talking to you and I was like, you were like, ah, I think I'm just going to work at a summer camp or something. And I don't like telling people like, Oh, don't do that. But I was like, it's your junior year. Don't you want to like, I don't know, do something, maybe get a return off or something. It was like the opposite thing. I conversation I usually have with students, but then you reminded me, you're like, no, 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 I'm all set. I already got, I already got this thing lined up for consulting. I was like, Oh, then perfect. You can do literally whatever you want. Like I, go to Portugal. I was just going to ask if that influenced your switching around of majors, like having, knowing that that's like, in your back pocket where you're like, oh, now I can just read. Uh, honestly, that was a, a really big yeah. part of it. Yeah. Because um, ideally, like, uh, I would have wanted to do, like, you know, something humanities-based, which, I mean, people are always telling me, like, that's not as practical or whatever. Like, you can't get, like, jobs Those that. people are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, I, I, I really agree with that. I think they are wrong. Um, obviously, like, I think the skills you get from, from those majors are, are so beneficial. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I really, like, thought about what I what I wanted to do afterwards like if I had like a a job plan like how what I would want to do in college and it was really just like humanities so I, I landed on that and what what's been a highlight of being a PCA this year so far what kind of like stands out as what you're you're proud of or things you're looking forward to continuing to do next year when you come back yeah that's a that's a really good question I think that one of the best parts of the job is talking to a lot of younger students, like freshmen and sophomores. Um, and then they come really like nervous and they're like, oh, what am I going to do this summer? Um, I'm really nervous about the, the opportunities that my peers are getting. Like, how can I like catch up? And when you talk to them, I mean, you, 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 you we all sort of get into agreement that, I mean, those, that, those, those stuff don't really like matter. Like what matters most is like what you want to do. Um, and uh, talking to, to really the underclassmen is really the, the best part in helping like ease their anxieties. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know we, we had a fun time going to the Wharton. Uh, we did some drop-ins over in the Wharton undergrad office, and those conversations were very much like what you were just describing, where I was like, well, what, do you, what are you interested in? And a lot of times they come in and they're like, I want to do finance consulting. And we had like three people who were like, oh, no, I'm really interested in entertainment and media, and we talked to them. And you were like, oh, yeah, I'm interested in that too. So that was, that was a fun time. Yeah, um, th- those events are also like really fun. Like that time we went to to the Warden Building, yeah, and talked to to students. I definitely want to do more of those next year. Uh, uh, so what other sort of things? Like, what's sort of been the the frequently asked question? Uh, is there a, a really hot topic that you've heard over and over again this year? Or... Mm. Oh, that that's a really good question. I think that this year it really changed um, a lot. Um, over the course of the year because in the beginning students are talking about how they can find internships and then towards the end of the year it's about like oh how can I negotiate this offer Mm -hmm. like what can I do instead of it um, is there do you have any tips for that Um, finding other stuff Um, uh, but yeah I I would say there's a a general arc of, of, of things that happen over the year which is what what I experienced yeah, I know a couple of weeks ago it really ramped up with those uh, the offer negotiation things coming in like all at once. I think it was also while I was over at the uh, the conference in 
at University of Michigan too. So um, I was seeing my phone buzz of like, oh, these people need offer negotiations, which we don't normally have you talk about. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to help help out as we can, have you get them started and have them see one of us to kind of go more in depth into, into that conversation. Um, I will say I selfishly kind of wanted to have you on as well because we currently have our peer career advisor. The applications application are open. open and they're open through this week as you're listening. Yeah, they will close May 1st, which is Monday. Yep. At I set like kind of a weird time. I think it was either 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. Yeah, I think you said 9 a.m. or somewhere. Yeah, it was not it was not a midnight. I always do that. Give, like, give people a couple hours into the day. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm a night owl, so I always appreciate like why should I get something in by midnight when I stay up until 3 a.m.? Maybe I want to work on it at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. Well, you could have worked on it at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. the day before, Natty. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> this this show is evidence of that. <laughs> For both of us. This is the way we both operate. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think this is a great opportunity. Uh, you know, Mateo, you could talk a little bit of, like what attracted you to to – to apply last year and like what 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 should people look forward to give them a couple of reasons to get their application in this week yeah definitely um what i will say about that is i've done like a a variety of different things at penn and i've been fortunate to do that um i've done like research and um held positions like that i'm an ra um like different different jobs throughout my my three years here um, and I would say that, like, being a PCA has definitely been, like, just the most fulfilling out of those different positions that I've, 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 I've had to do. Like, a lot of people, they're weighing, like, oh, should I do research? Should I do um, this? Or should I do this other thing? Um, more performing arts or more uh, stuff like that. Um, any, all these different, like, competing interests. And I will just say that, like, being a PCA has been one of the best opportunities to just meet a lot of different people at Penn, I think that it has been a very like productive way to to really increase my own um, awareness of what I want to do in life um, and been fortunate enough to, to really like talk to other people and see what they want to, to do um, after college or during college. Um, so I think that that is also really what really attracted me most to, to the role is uh, I wanted to, to really like strengthen those those communication skills those like really introspective skills um, that I think are really valuable and we always try to balance to the idea of like we we love that you're here to help other people like you're here to mentor and talk to underclassmen or students who might um, have questions for you and share your experiences and your expertise in which we trained you Um, but also the idea that like it's it it's here to benefit you too like there are ways in which that you are going to be um, more knowledgeable about areas that'll help you for a long time in the future, for future job applications, for future interviews, whatever it might be. Um, I was talking to one of our graduating seniors, Justin, who's a PCA, and he was talking about his, some of his decision making for this this upcoming summer. And I was like, "Did you have an appointment with us?" Yes. He's like, "Well, I'm a PCA." So, like, well, you can still meet, but that's one of the benefits. Like, you know us. Like, let us help as well and talk. Oh, to I you. already know everything. Well, I know exactly what you tell me. And like, <laughs> you probably you probably do. But it still helps to to chat it through and kind of talk with someone and bounce ideas off of. So Sam, once you've uh, survived these uh, these coming presentations and, and tests and papers, what's your summer looking like? I'm going to be a marketing intern at Williams Sonoma in San Francisco. 
So whose founder is a pendulum, right? Indeed, that's how I actually discovered the company, and they were looking. Is through an email from the career services office. Yeah, we've got a good relationship with them. So I was very exciting, very rushed process towards the end because I came on, kind of took it as a flyer, like, oh, I'll check this out. This seems pretty interesting. I know the brand name, and then it was like interview after interview. I was like, I have finals to study for. This was like end of December. Oh, yeah. Because they had said they had interviewed people back in August, and I was very much like one of the last ones. So I had to have Natty, again, one of the amazing career services resources, the mock interview, had Natty help me with that for one of the final rounds and uh, was able to secure it thanks to his help. I forgot we had done that, but we did, we did, we did. <laughs> it was, you know, like, that was almost six months about? ago, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. That, honestly, that's pretty early for marketing. Anyway, a lot of marketing stuff happens a lot closer yeah, to when you would time. need something. But I think it does go into, like, brand name. A lot of people know Williams-Sonoma, so they probably are hiring earlier because of that. I would think, too, with the pen connection, yeah, knowing I think that they, earlier thing. They're tied. They want they, the, the the early people. They know everyone they else know, is scooping up that's the exactly kids right. early they, on. They know what recruiting is like here, and so they... So, it was weird to be on that there. cycle. I'm like, I'm ready for the just-in-time fair. I'll see yeah. what I get. <laughs> I saw the boring company was going. I was like, oh, I'll check that out You know, in April. And then it's like, December is happening. And it was at the same time I was uh, interviewing for Penn Entertainment. Potentially, I was going to go work in a casino in Ohio. Uh, for Penn National Gaming. a lot, Gaming. too. I don't know if they have... Do they have an alum connection? I don't know. They they but. post a good bit on Handshake. I mean, they're not Penn... Penn, not like Penn Us. Right, more right. like Penn... No, Penn, Penn Gaming. Yeah, Penn Gaming. But it, it's not affiliated with us. But I do notice them a lot in there with like... Yeah, and they actually responded back because a lot of them, yeah. you, you put in the flyers and you see what happens. But I was interviewing and just... Williams-Sonoma went so quick and was such a great opportunity. I had to go with that, so... Uh, crazy time, but now I've been coasting. It's been nice to, since December. It is good. To know, it's good to know that big that W, early, right? Big relaxing. Yeah. Back imagine having to be working on all those projects and be on the job search. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I got that in. Had his like two year runway of yeah. <laughs> knowing when. Yeah, coasting. Yeah. He started the fires. Like, hey, I'll try our shit. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the week interesting. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I as a, a theater major who wanted to be an actor, I was like, I'm just so glad I never have to worry about this because I just know I'm going to be unemployed. I'm just <laughs> going to graduate. I'm going to get a, a retail job or a waiter job, and I'm going to go on auditions, and that's my career. Yeah. Earlier today, Matteo and I were talking about the idea of like you also have an interest in entertainment related stuff, and you're like, I feel like all the super competitive consulting stuff came easy compared to the entertainment stuff I mm. want to do. Yeah, entertainment is a, another another beast. Um, it is like I think that Penn should to just offer more of those opportunities. I think that like we're we're lacking in that sense um but yeah like there should be like more encouragement for people to to go after this encouragement stuff. for sure those opportunities it's hard sometimes to have those opportunities come to us i mean the folks that are you know based in california they're like i got i got all these peeps right here i got ucla and mm-hmm. usa i could just scoop these people up everybody's everybody's here now there are people that are like but wait we want we want Penn. We want the Ivy League. We want Penn. We want Harvard. We want the Yale folks. So we've got some inroads, and it's definitely improved. Um, certainly, in the time Natty's been here, he put a lot of effort into expanding our reach in that world. But we've also just seen it. We've seen more interest from those recruiters um, through various channels of Penn, through other departments yeah. and Platt House and things like that. And so. we've talked about this before, but there's also not as many recruiters, a- absolutely tradi- like traditional recruiters, yeah. like there are in consulting or finance or things they don't have a giant team of of people who are reaching across the whole country to find people um so a lot of times it's less that that pen doesn't offer it or have it and it's more that those people don't always come 
come here because they don't have the people to do that. Right. Um, which is why it makes it more difficult sometimes to the kind of the conversation we we're having earlier where it, there's not that set structure of you do X, Y, and Z, and then you're in that position. There's a lot Ex- more yeah, exactly. relationship Moving around building, and networking, building. And, and finding your, and, your and, cohort And I think we do try and support that. I mean, career services to a certain degree, but Penn in general, I mean, Sam got to go out to L.A. over spring break, right? I you did. I did the Paramount Ward Industry and... Exploration Program over spring break, a half-credit course. They mm-hmm. tore you through a bunch of companies. We hit Spotify, Netflix, Sony, United Talent Agency, hit them all alumni panels seeing the facility and even there i mean we've talked about it on the podcast before of like they need you know cfos they need accountants mm-hmm. yeah they yeah need that so very much for the war and people that are skewed towards that entertainment inkling there is that world and that opportunity and that program very much was for um kind of skewed for that that audience which was interesting coming more from like your side of being the actor of like i want to be the what they call the multi-hyphenate where you're both you know writer director that's producer. Me. that's the goal that's what i want to do so I always remember it was one of our panels were like, raise your hand if you want to be an actor. I was like the only one that put my <laughs> hand up. Uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely uh, an interesting opportunity being you know, East Coast and then the West Coast and that recruiting opportunity really not even existing. Oh yeah, you can't you, know? you can't apply to this big flagship job posting for associate actor or something like no, that. No, my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. And but, but but honestly, there was a time even I mean in the the not so distant past, but we're talking like almost a hundred years ago was probably the last time that this was. But even in Hollywood, there was just a contract player. They just would hire X amount of actors and you'd go into work and they'd be like, Natty, you're in the war picture today. And Sam, you're going to go over and be, you're going to play little Haas in the Western. Right. And you were just on contract all year and you do one movie. Punch and then, in, put, put your helmet down, put a, <laughs> uh, put an astronaut helmet on. I, in fact, I read, uh, it was over COVID, but I read a, a book by, a, um, a screenwriter that I like who, um, it was just about his career and he, uh, has mainly written in television and he was like, my very first job was I was a contract writer in the 70s so the very end of the contract system at universal and literally you walk in and they would be like okay mark we need a colombo today and then you'd write that and you'd go back in the next week you probably had about a week to write it and they go great this week we need a taxi you know it was whatever whatever they had they just had writers on staff and so now you would be assigned to a show right you'd write for colombo and you'd write for yeah. taxi or what but he was just it was he said it was the greatest learning experience, too, because you got to write in all these different styles, but you just never knew. You'd walk in on a Monday, and the guy would be like, all right, you want to do a Macmillan and Wife? or you want the-? So uh, I was like, that, is also, that also sounds terrifying to me as, as a writer, yeah. but like it must have been just the that kind just to be like that's my job to walk in and someone tells me what to write like that also sounds like a dream right? you get your rotational program in there you can go through different that, that's action, exactly drama, what it's, right comedy. that's exactly what it's like right it's like a, a rotational problem and mm-hmm. that's what he said and eventually you got known you'd be like okay he's really good at writing the mysteries so you'd get more mysteries and you'd get more cop shows and eventually they would say well what's your idea for a show and that's how he uh eventually he said and then you know within a couple of years of him in that system it started to be like okay well now and then he went and worked on uh, a show called hill street blues which is a really popular cop show in the 80s and that was one of the first shows that had like a writer's room Mm -hmm. you were on staff for that show every day and um Mm -hmm. and then it 
he got his own show off of that. But yeah, now there's been like the proliferation of content, more or less. Like there's just so 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 much. Yeah, and we talked about this. Um, you know, when I came back from the the <clears throat> entertainment conference in Austin, that the 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 entertainment world still hasn't sort of uh, adjusted its mentality as far as hiring people because like these streaming shows are much shorter you know eight to ten episodes and then who knows what's going to happen if it's going to be right. canceled if and it's so gonna... you're working on this so they go oh well natty's on staff on stranger things but you were only on that you only had to write eight episodes right and you probably only wrote one or two out of the eight but in the in the industry they're like well he's he's on that so because that's the way it used to be you were on a show all the time all year so people were really like it's hard now you have to be actively going hey yeah i'm writing on stranger things but we're gonna be done we're gonna be done in february so what do you got going in march that i could be on for two episodes and that that's also sounds like a grind that it's, it makes it sound more like acting that you're just going from job to job. You book something, yep. and then you got to call around and be like, "Who, who, who needs me next?" And it reminds me, I was listening to, I think it was a, it was a clip of a Conan interview, and they were talking about how movies and TV used to be so siloed. I saw the same clip. Yeah, and it was just like completely, and it reminded me of conversations we've had on the podcast and conversations we have in just career services in general, outside of even entertainment, because they are talking about the idea of how, um, because they were so siloed, it was like you were either a TV actor or you were a movie actor, and if you were one of them and you wanted to be another, like that was your big breakthrough. You started in TV and then you would try to get up to, to be in the movies, um, but how now that's totally gone away and people don't think of it anymore they just they can see you more in the transferable skills you have as an actor and how that applies to other roles that you might play in a different setting whether that's tv movie streaming whatever it might be but it did get me thinking to the idea of transferable skills for other jobs and how it's not as siloed as people always talk about it's not like you start in one field and that's the only field you're ever going to be able to do you start in one area and you have lots of things that'll make you still valuable for another sphere of whatever that might be too i could talk all summer long about the the challenges and rewards of the entertainment industry. Uh, but we have to wrap it up for the day and for the, the season. Year. Season season eight in the bag. Sam, thanks so much for being our man behind the show uh, for the second year. The guy in the chair. What are the they guy in the it? chair? Yes. Spider-Man. On the ones and twos here on the, <laughs> on the big board. And uh, Mateo, thanks for being a great PCA this year. We're looking forward to seeing both of you uh, in the Portugal. fall. Yeah, you have to come back and tell us all about Portuguese wine. Yeah. And Samuel will tell us all about the, the great deals at Williams Sonoma. Indeed. I feel like you can merge these things in some <laughs> sort of way. There's yeah. a connection there. Yeah. We'll have ChatGPT put it in. Well, I definitely think, you know, based on Sam's um, uh, search engine work, I'm going to guess Williams Sonoma rises to the top. Might uh, have in, to in be. Google, Might right? have to. You know? Right. I'm gonna type brick Wikipedia, and it's just gonna go <laughs> Williamson. <laughs> uh, well, have a great summer, everybody. Have a great summer uh, to our listeners. We will be back in September with season nine. I can't believe season nine, and that'll be what your that'll be your third season as as co-host, Natty. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That Wowie. Well, and we're gonna hit the big two hundred next season. Yeah, probably. What, what did we say? Like halfway through? About, yeah, so we're at 183 now, so we're less than 20 away. So probably, yeah, probably in the probably spring Probably early semester. spring. 
Man, oh, man. That's going to be a big one. So have a great summer. We really appreciate your listening. And we'll see you next time on the Sam Pasco Show. This podcast is presented by the University of Pennsylvania Career Services, a division of University Life. It was created by me, Lynn Kirshner, and J. Michael DeAngelis. It was produced and hosted by J. Michael DeAngelis and Natty Leach and mixed and edited by Sam Pasco. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you're listening. See you next time on CS Radio.